I really do appreciate having the good side. I was actually nervous about which side I was going to be on because I didn't want to move your side because oh. you're the host. Because you can't like ask, you can't the ask Jimmy to Fallon to move to the other the side other of the side. Side stage, right? You can't do that. But I was like, this is my good side. We do our research about that. here. <laughs> Speaking of which, welcome to A Dose of Los, a serious show for a serious person. Today on the show, I have somebody very special to me. My personal performance coach, my friend, my compadre, Lauren Morrison is in the building, everybody. I didn't know how special I was to you until this very moment. I, look, you don't <laughs> get on a dose of lows if I don't like you. <laughs> right? That, that seat is not open to just anybody. Well, thank you. Absolutely. That's thank amazing. you for no, coming thank on. You. I'm really excited uh, to have you on. Yeah, you, the first female mm-hmm. Guest of a Dosalos? You are. You I are am. The first, I'm always the first female. The first woman. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I was the first female on Enjoy the Podcast, you were. too. Well, it was only right that you're the first one on here. It makes then. sense. It makes sense. It, yeah, it wouldn't be right to have anybody else yes. on. Um, so um, I wanted to have you on, obviously, because you're incredibly intelligent. Thank you. You always wow us with your knowledge and your experiences. And then transitioning just from being a generally smart cookie. You've added a new feather to the cap. Yes. You've ventured into the world of personal performance or performancing. <laughs> personal performance development. Um, you got to go into the make up the word jar now. <laughs> performancing. <laughs> performance. Are you satisfied? <laughs> what were they saying? Satisfaction. Oh, yes. They, are you satisfaction with that word? Um, you've developed, you've brought a whole new, um, you put a whole new tool in your toolbox. Yes. <laughs> Christ, I did take a shower today, despite what that fly may make you think. You put a whole new tool in the toolbox. And I have been fortunate enough to have you turn that wrench on me. Yes. And I think a lot of people will benefit from that as well. But before we get into that, I have to welcome you to America. Everybody, welcome Lauren to America. Thank she is you. now living in America. How does it feel? Living in America. To be living in the States. It doesn't feel... It doesn't feel real yet. I I think that when my stuff actually arrives and I'm unpacking it and Mm. loading my couch into a California apartment. Yeah. That it's going to feel real. Right now it kind of feels like a vacation. It feels like a really weird vacation because I wouldn't sign up to to I wouldn't sign up for a hotel that has me sleeping on air mattresses and sitting on fold out <laughs> chairs. I wouldn't sign up for that. Only the finest. <laughs> only the finest. Only the five stars. <laughs> yeah. Um so it it's uh, it's only been a week but yeah. it doesn't feel real yet. Mm-hmm. Um I think once we kind of get our lives really fully integrated and our stuff is set up like once the kids start going to school it's going to be a trip for me. Yeah. Um but otherwise it just kind of feels like regular just regular being here just being back at at in cali at shan and yeah. jared's and hanging with the fam again kind of yeah exactly yeah. p.s thank you so much for giving me this chair you're the first one to have that i'll chair. tell you another thing that was stressing me out was like i was afraid you were gonna put me in like the uh the, the yellow, the yellow no, chain. I've, I've learned not to use that no because you would have had me like in here looking like fucking you would have been from the muppets <laughs> <laughs> That's a great reference beaker from the muppets wow <laughs> was not expecting to get a beaker oh, reference like, on today's episode, but thank <laughs> you for that because who doesn't love But now beaker? I get to sit upright and like have like a jawline and it's nice. Thank well, you. We want to, we want to get your good side. Get my good side and you know, my jawline or jawline, whatever there. attempt I have at a jawline. It's you get there. to, get to have it You definitely have one. You thank have you. one. And then we also, because of that chair, we are encouraging good posture. We're encouraging good posture. You know, we're encouraging You know, I bought one of those. Um, do you ever see? Oh, on, is you, it, you I did, bought one? I did buy one. Oh, the things that you put on your spine and it's supposed and to like remind you. It Did buzzes. it work? It, okay, you have to use it for it to work. What do you 100%. Mean? I stopped using it. Oh, okay, just right. It just, but it's amazing how you think you're sitting straight, but you're not. So like you're I would never be, sitting straight. You're never sitting yeah, straight. Just give it up. You're just never sitting straight. So even if I'm like a little bit this way, it's buzzing. So you have to literally be like up. And it, it actually hurts. I was going to say, well, you're, I mean, literally repositioning like muscle groups. At it's that all point. your muscle groups, yeah. right? So it's, it's very uncomfortable. And that's why they only make you do it. 
for certain. It does. It's not like an all day thing. Oh, it's not. No. I so thought you, you slapped that puppy on and went about and your just business. All, no, it has like training times in oh. the day because you're only supposed to do it for like 10 minutes for the first day. And then it kind of gradually because and it hurts. It's, yes. Yeah. Because it's training. You're basically doing physical therapy yeah. at home. I bought it though. I was very proud of myself because I was like. How long did you use it for? A week. And then it was just, it was too easy to forget, wasn't it? But I still get the reminders on my watch like, hey, you completed a week. It's time to, <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> time to get back on that You've horse. another week. <laughs> exactly. Just so they're like, oh, God. But I just ignore it. Just like the breathing. You don't have an Apple Watch, but just the breathing one that comes up. Are they worth getting? I've been pondering it. I live on it. Uh, I live by the Apple Watch, but there are many people like who just have it. Shan's against it. Really? Like almost to the point of a religion for some weird reason. She won't do it. I I hmm. get it because she's like aesthetically it doesn't it looks it looks basic and I get mm. that. Because I transitioned to predominantly working from home, right. I was like the only thing I really use my watch for is working out. So I'm gonna yeah. get the standard workout band. I don't care. But now I'm like, uh, it should be kind of prettier. Get a little, little I mean, it prettier. looks, it looks. You're gonna yeah. upgrade to the Hermes this Apple Watch. This does look basic. They got the Hermes one with the with the yeah. with the bands. With the bands got to keep a band with on. The bands. So, speaking of bands. Speaking of bands. Today we're talking about, or we're doing something a little bit special, actually. Um, we're gonna do, we're gonna, we're gonna pull back the curtain and give people a peek into the world of personal performance development. Um, you're going to get to basically sit in on what happens. We're basically doing a session. Yeah. So you guys are going to get to sit in on this. You almost get a free session out of it. So you're lucky. You can apply all these questions. You can apply all these to yourself. Hopefully it'll serve you, spark something. If nothing else, you'll be entertained, I think. Um, so I guess I'll let you kick it off since this is kind of your world that we're now delving into it's so fitting that a fly is attacking you attacking me because every i was saying to los in our last session that every session starts with an adventure either he's being attacked by some insect or he's falling off of a roof oh (laughs) it's always like it's it's interesting because normally um i work with a lot of i work with a lot of like corporate clients right? right yeah so you know, so I'll transition from like working with like a lawyer or mm. like a CFO and then I'll get on a call with like Los right after and he's like, I'm on the roof. <laughs> I'm on the roof <laughs> watching the, the roof. solar panels. <laughs> I'm trying to fix his hose and it's it's oh, awesome. Yeah, the hose it, no, is but it's falling apart. <laughs> the hose is falling apart. Um, but it's absolutely refreshing and it's awesome. That was good. I'm glad that it's it's able to switch it up for you. Keep you on your toes. Keep me on else. my toes. Yeah. That's it. Um, okay, so <laughs> I don't know. Do I talk about coaching? Well, I was say maybe we should start off I'll just a little bit a little of yeah, bit. a little preamble. Let them get an idea of what it is that yeah, you know, what it is that I do. So yeah. essentially, my job as a coach is to, despite popular belief, I do not. I don't. I want to say I do not give advice. Sometimes I slip it in, mm. but my goal is not to give advice to people. My goal right. is not to is not to tell you what to do, which is what a lot of people will initially come to me for. Like, I just want guidance on this. Tell me what to do with this. And I remember my, our first session together is like, there was this air of frustration because it was like, why am I doing all the talk? Like, why am I doing all the talking? It was, I would say more confusion Confusion. than frustration. Cause I was like, why am I like every time she asks them, I'm talking for 20 minutes and then she was like, well, what about, and then (laughs) here I go again. Right. Because the whole thing is that I'm not an expert on your life. Like I'm not right. an expert on Los or what Los is going through. My job is to be a navigator, like a brain navigator in a sense where it's like, mm. you're still in the driver's seat because you know, the area, my job is to navigate you potentially down past that you wouldn't navigate yourself. Yeah. And the way that I do that is through listening and through asking thoughtful questions. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's definitely an art form to, to be able to ask someone questions where it's like the answers don't come from me. The answers yeah. come from you. When you ask the questions, do you ever 
have an idea of the answer that you're hoping to get or that you think oh, they should yeah. have. Like, that's part of the challenge of it. Okay, yeah, that's Because sometimes art. I'll be like, oh, you're missing it, you're missing it. <laughs> sometimes yeah. I'll know, but it's in those moments, and this is what makes coaching different because I'm not going to listen to you the way your friend would listen to you. Because right. your friend, when your friend listens to you or when your parents listen to you, anyone who's close to you listens Especially to you. Especially friends, they're already friend, on your side. They're already on your side. And they're yeah. going to be like, or they'll be like, you know what you should do? Or they're going to say things like, yeah, you know what? I went through something similar and here's what I did. Yeah. So definitely those narratives come up in my brain when I'm talking to someone. Immediately, I want to interject with, oh, yeah, I went through something similar and this is what happened and this is how I dealt with it or this is what you should do. Mm. But that's not the role of a coach. That's the role of a friend. Yeah. That's a role of someone who's untrained to give you <laughs> advice to right. tell you to because that's an instinct. Right. Yeah. Like I have that with my kids. My kids will be like, oh, you know, I'm really stressed out. It's my instinct to be like, you don't know what stress is, <laughs> you know, like. You, let me tell you, you about a time. Bills, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you what stress is. Let me tell you what my stress is, you know, like, or how I dealt with stress. Um, my job is to listen differently. My mm. job is to listen for things that you might gloss over mm. and to just be like, wait a minute, let's, let's double click on that thing that you said, that word that you used. Yeah. What made you use that word? And then that just uncovers a whole. You've done that a few roles. times with me where I, we, you know, I've, you've asked me a question and I've answered it and, you know, it's a one minute answer and you'll be like, after at the end of the answer, you'll say, all right, well, you said something back and it's something that I said at the very beginning of my answer that yeah. I completely, I forgot about glazed it at this point. It. Like you said, glazed over it, but it jumped out to you and that thing that, you know, that word may have sparked something in your head, which it always, I'm like, how the hell did she like. How did we end up here from that? And it's to yeah. your credit. It's like you say, you'll hear something that I glaze over and you're like, well, what about this? And it'll make me get that thought. You know, it'll take me down the path that obviously you're trying to get me to see. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I've been impressed by because there's been on a few occasions where you've been like, well, you said this word. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's there's Light definitely bulb. a lot of pow power in the words that we use just yeah. casually. Or, you know, I'll be talking to someone and they'll be talking about one thing and using certain words. Mm. But then when they talk about another scenario, they start to use words like could, might, mm. maybe, like to, hope. And you're like, what is making you use those words in yeah. this scenario versus when you were talking about this, you were using s words like will yeah. drive. Do you understand? Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's an art of listening differently because what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to uncover are limiting beliefs mm. that are just ingrained in us that are imprinted on us. Um, I have them. I like, I, I personally have a coach because as much as I can, I know the art I can coach myself yeah. is as much as I still don't even know my own blind spots. And that's what it is. It's right. like, check your blind spot, right? Yeah. You're just switching lanes all over the place. I'm like, check this blind spot, mm. see what's out there. You're, you're driving straight down a road and I'm like, make a right down here. Yeah. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> I want to go down there. <laughs> it's abandoned. The road's not paved. It's yeah. gravel. I'll pop a tire. I'm like, let's just see what happens. <laughs> And that sometimes is really what uncovers things that we're missing, our yeah. blind spots. But that's 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 the difference between someone who gives advice mm -hmm. and someone who listens with the intent of helping you to uncover your blind spots so that you can acknowledge them, but not just yeah. acknowledge them, move forward from them. Because it's not about like, oh, you know, oh, that stems from something in your past. That's... Mm -hmm more of a therapist type right. of relationship for sure i'm more about like all right we got that what do we do to move forward now yeah. let's keep going let's move forward yeah definitely um i well I, first of all i love a good metaphor or analogy is love as, you know, metaphors we, we love metaphors analogies <laughs> anything like that is always always good for us so i, I really like the blind spot um analogy or metaphor because oftentimes it does feel like like you're kind of like, hey, there's a mirror right there that you're not using. And then once I look in that mirror, I'm like, oh, okay, it's, you know, this is. Well, right you ever there. like drive somewhere and like not even register the move, the maneuvers you made to get to that place because you're 
you go there all oh, the time. On autopilot. You know, you're on funny? autopilot. Yeah. When when Jared and Shan first moved over here, um, we were filming an episode of Enjoy, and I was um, late. I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> I was late. Um, but this that one, I was late because I was on autopilot, and I went to the house that was on Quail. Yes. And I got all the way there, and I pulled up, and there was you know nothing there empty house i'm like oh they don't live here anymore yeah so that was one of those moments where i you know just was going through the motions basically and not applying the old brain it's exhausting to apply your brain to everything and we're so used to we need to be on autopilot in some places in our lives yeah. because you only have so much self-control that you can delegate i i can't remember if i read this or if i heard it on npr but Apparently your brain is on like autopilot like 70% of the time. I believe that. Like so once you have learned like reading for example, you don't really read after you've learned how to read if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, like yeah. once you've learned the words and stuff, your brain stops actually reading the words and you start to just know that these shapes and these symbols even though that is reading, this is a weird theory, but essentially you're just looking at the picture and you know what those words are. You're not so much reading it as you are I can't even really, it, it's hard to no, it, describe it, make, it, but if it makes sense, like. That's how I taught my kids to read. Yeah, by no, memorization. By the shape of the word. That's, thank you. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. You're not sounding it out. You're not actually reading. You're assigning the shape to the word that exactly. you remember. So That's why my kids could read by the age of like, they could recognize words by the age of um, like Kairos as early as six months. Oh, wow. He could tell the difference between two words yeah. and he could actually read um, by like 18 months. That's amazing. Not just by, not by phonetically sounding things right. out, but by... Reading by symbols. By, by symbols, by yeah. understanding, like, I know what the word elephant looks like, yeah. and I know what the word baby looks like. Right. So if you hold the two words up in front of me and be like, which one's elephant, which one's baby, I'm a no. going to find it. Um, and then the evolution of that comes when you start to stack up words together, like mm. baby, ball, bird. I know what those are. Right. But then if you put the word bottle in front of me, I don't know what that is. However, I've seen that symbol before, the B symbol. Yeah. And it makes this sound because of baby bird and ball. So I'm going to apply it now to this new word. Mm. And that's how the connections happen. Yeah. But anyways, that's a that's a whole different. I mean, but that basically, again, to, yeah. to that point is essentially your brain will learn a task or, you know, yeah. something and it will kind of file it away and put it on autopilot. Exactly. So the next time you do it, while, yes, you are doing it, you're not doing it with the same um, cognitive engagement that you did it when you first uh, did the task. Yes. And, and that is something that I talk to a lot of my clients about because a lot of my clients come to me wanting to do a whole bunch of things mm. and they're like, I want to lose weight. I want to, you know, eat better. I want to get better in my career. I want to like fall in love tomorrow, whatever the case is. And it's like, we all? <laughs> yeah, but if you have, <laughs> if none of those things are coming natural to you today, mm. like you can't tackle them all at once because you need certain things to, you need to, you need to get things to a point where they're running on autopilot so that you can mm. move that energy, move that that makes sense. That yeah. self-control energy to something else. But right. if you're putting self-control energy, if you only have a budget of self-control energy, yeah. right? Because of and that's like okay, 70% of things are running on autopilot. That means you have 30% capacity to actually like learn something new and develop new habits. Mm -hmm. You can't apply if you space it out across too many things like it's not going to be effective. So it's almost like you have to step your way. Like what's most urgent, right? What makes it important? Tackle that, get that into your 70% bucket. Right. And then you can give that budget to something else yeah. like losing weight or whatever the case and is. And another side of that coin is if you're trying to tackle, like you said, focus or whatever it may be, it may require an 80% allocation. And it if does. you're only giving 20% because you're trying to spread it out across five different things, none of that's going to ever get accomplished. Work. You're, yeah. you're going to end up tired, exhausted, and pissed off because nothing's working. And you're over here like, well, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. Why isn't any of it working? Well, it's because you don't have Lauren helping you check your blind spots. So that way you're giving 80% and not <laughs> 20% when you need to be given 80 but it's all math, you know, it's, it's all, all math. math. It's all numbers. It's not it's a mystery. Numbers. It's all math. That's it. But let's talk about, let's talk about what you want to dedicate that 30% to. 
Today, it's procrastination. Today is procrastination. Yes. What is it that you are procrastinating on? The things that, and this is, I mean, this is going to seem like the obvious answer for anybody, but the chores in my life, and not even so much the chores, but the tasks in my life that are the least appealing, I have the biggest issue starting, which I guess is probably pretty common for people. The things that I least want to do are the things that I put, you know, to save for the last, but I would like to stop doing that. I would like to start just getting that stuff out of the way. Um, but I, I find that I will find any excuse and any other tasks to distract myself from those tasks. Like even if let's say I have a mix that I have to have turned in on Thursday and I don't like the record, you know, it's like, ugh, I don't want to sit down with this thing. I'll go work on a different record that I have another week and a half on because I have more of a liking to that sound in order to avoid the one that I don't want to work on. Mm -hmm. Um, even, <laughs> this episode almost turned it in a way is procrastination because I kept thinking that I'd be able to shoot this day and I'll be able to shoot this day. And I kept putting off asking you to come on until I look up and I'm like, Oh shit, I have to put this out Thursday. It's Monday or Sunday night. I haven't even asked Lauren if she's available. Like this could have turned into, if you weren't as gracious and just so happened to be available tonight, I could be sitting here by myself right now just like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> so do you like stuff? I most. like stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who likes to breathe? No. Um, so yeah, even like with things that I know, that, and I enjoy doing this. So maybe it's not even so much the things that I don't like to do. Maybe it's just everything. <gasps> well, there are potentially three categories for what makes people procrastinate. Okay. So there is uh, knowing that the task ahead of you is unpleasant, mm -hmm. fear of not doing a good job, okay. or permission giving. So, for example, um, I've been putting in so many hours on Dosolos uh. that I can kind of, you know what, I deserve a break. I deserve to be able to chill. So let's let's take let's take this episode as an example. Let's pull this episode out because there's we could talk about chores. We know what category those fall into. Yeah, those are just unpleasant. Those are just unpleasant. I would say for the most part, I fall into yeah, I probably am doing way too much permission giving. Permission giving. For sure. Definitely. I, I man, I do that. I literally have said that in my head. Like, oh, it's okay. I got three mixes done today when I had like six that I had to do. I'm like, I can go play golf. Mm -hmm. So yes, I'm a, I, I'm a permission giver for sure. hundred percent. Dang. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. It's yeah. not, it's not a bad thing. It's a category, well, it is, but I'm just saying like I've done, da, 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 da. I deserve it. No, actually you don't, you don't deserve it. You got three other things you need to get done. You need to get it done. But in the realm of what's important to Los. Okay. Yeah. In this moment in your life, mm. what is it that you want most to bring into this world? Um, success for enjoy and success for dose of loves. Those are the two like apex predators in my, um, yeah, in my stuff. Those are the two that I'm most concerned about. Everything else, I mean, I have other things I'm concerned about, but those are the, the main focuses. And what does success for enjoy the podcast and success for a dose of los look like? Um, I, I guess it would be kind of defined by financial success. Okay. Um, if they're bringing in enough money to where that's, I could just focus on just doing that. I wouldn't have to, you know, do music if I didn't want to. Um, I could just really just dedicate all time and energy to that. That would be success right there. So I guess it would have to involve um, growing the subscribers, growing the listeners, um, growing ad revenue, just everything, just growing everything, every aspect about it. Um, yeah. And what is it, like how will you know when you've actually achieved mm. success? I guess... Um, there's kind of like numbers, so to speak, that are like the benchmarks as far as 
once we're bringing in this much a month, you know, and once we're bringing in this much, I don't know that I define that necessarily. And it's hard to say because just because I'm making money off of it, I wouldn't consider myself successful necessarily. Um, so maybe just saying making money off of it isn't really quite the goal. Oh, man. I don't actually think I know. I've never, you know, I've never really thought to ask myself what that looks like. The most I've given it as far as thought as to what it looks like when it's successful is financial solvency, I guess. Like, is it bringing in enough money to where I can just podcast? Um, but outside of that, I haven't really thought of like, you know, do I want to take, do, you know, maybe go on the road one day with it, like be able to do, you know, a tour or anything like that. I've never really I've never given it thought outside of that. It's always the benchmark has always just been, can I do this for a living? Yeah. This is one of those pauses that you give me where I have to reflect and think of stuff and it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Hit me with something. <laughs> I'm, I just, yeah, I don't. And that I don't like that because it kind of goes against what I say as far as like success isn't defined by financial, you know, income. Um, but in this instance, I have set it up to be defined by financial success. So that kind of I'm a little bit hypocritical in that sense. Um, mm. What else is success? It's impacting people, reaching people. Um, as trivial as I thought it was at one point, I would say that um, even just you know putting a smile on somebody's face, like I would hear that type of thing. Like somebody say, "Oh, you, you know, you, y'all's podcast makes me laugh. It helps get through my days." And I was just kind of like, before I was involved in the world of podcasting, when I would hear these things of people saying that, "Oh, your album did this," you know this did this, I would kind of like, man, okay, did it really? Like, but the more and more you hear it, the more you start to think, you know what, maybe there actually is something to it. Maybe that we can make a difference. Maybe we can help somebody out um, to the point where, you know, I've interacted with listeners who, you know, have shown me the, the help that we've, you know, put it or not the help, but the impact that we've had on them. So that's something that I can definitely say has changed. I, I appreciate that aspect. So I guess in a way success would also be defined by, you know, being able to reach people, being able to help people. Um, and leaving, I mean, ultimately, I guess if dose of Los left a positive impact on people and was something that helped somebody, if, if nothing else made a few people laugh, I guess it would be successful. I still want to make some money off of it though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that would, I, I would consider that success. And when you attain that success, so you are financially able to just focus on podcasting because mm -hmm. it's bringing in, it's replacing all the other income streams that you currently have. Because right. to your point, one of the things that is a marker of success is that you, you have the option to not do some of the other things that you're procrastinating on because they don't yeah. actually fit into what's important to you right now. Yeah. And you are able to deliver that impact. What does that feel like for you? Um, gives me some pride. It gives me a sense of fulfillment for sure. Um, like when I hear people saying it, it's almost embarrassing for me mm -hmm. because I, when I hear it, I'm just like a little bit of, I guess, imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. But even more so just like, man, like, how can I, like, I, and I, I, I'm not as self-depreciating as I probably come across. It is kind of like my shtick, so to speak. But I, I do have a healthy amount of self-worth and self-value. Um, but even with that said, it, it shocks me when people tell me that I've helped change their life or that I've impacted them because, you know, who am I? You know, I'm just, I'm just a person trying to figure it out just like they are. So to hear that, it almost embarrasses me because I'm just like, yo, like, don't, don't look at me to be the example. Like, 
I'm the one to not be like, but to that point, maybe that's why you can look at me because you can learn from my mistakes. And I am honest and open about the things that I have done wrong and could do better. Um, so I guess that that's a good learning experience for a lot of people to be able to look at that and just be like, Oh, okay. Los did X, Y, Z. Look what it got him. I know that's not a good thing to do. Let me not do that. Let me try this. Or maybe even, Hey, he did X, Y, Z and it kind of worked for him. Maybe I can try that too. So, so one of the things that you just addressed is, you know, what makes you the example? Mm. So, and maybe let's just, let's, 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 let's catalog them. Cause I think it's important. What do you believe about yourself that is going to make enjoy the podcast and dose of low successful? Um, I mean, the, the number one thing is me, myself especially for Dose of Lows. Enjoy the podcast. You know, there's two other people there. So there's different elements as far as what they bring. But for like what I provide, it's myself. It's, you know, I've, I've lived enough life to where I've had some interesting experiences. And I know that my, my viewpoint has been shaped by those experiences. And it's probably not the viewpoint that you would get from the average person that you meet, you know, on the streets or waiting at the bus stop or whatever. So I'd say first and foremost would be my charming personality, myself. Um, other things would just be, man, what else do I bring to the table besides me? I don't know. I might be it. Might just be this. What is what is <laughs> what is you? Like we know charming personality. We know a breadth of experience. What else mm. is you? Pretty funny. Pretty funny guy. I'm pretty even keeled. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, I'm pretty even keeled, I'd say. Pretty patient. Um, I'm able to I'm able to hold my opinion and still hear somebody else's and understand it, respect it, but still hold my opinion. Like I'm, and even I'm able to reform or reshape my opinion. Um, so I think all those things, especially with podcasting or any um, field where you're, you know, in the public eye or entertaining. I think those are important things to be able to have. I think, you know, being able to see uh, both sides of the coin, essentially, you know, being able to understand where somebody's coming from, even if you don't necessarily relate to them, you can at least empathize with them and, you know, have some sympathy or some understanding for them. So I'm, I think I have a lot of that where I'm able to just connect with people. Mm -hmm. So, mm. And what evidence do you have that supports all those things that you believe about yourself? Um, my relationships with people. I mean, people tell me that I'm funny, like you just did. Um, I would say, and this is, man, this is kind of embarrassing again, because it's kind of, uh, it's a little bit vain. But I read the comments. Mm -hmm. And the comments kind of let me know good and bad what I'm, you know, what I'm doing, whether if it's working or not working. Um, and I've, you know, I've taken things from it where, for instance, they used to complain I didn't talk enough. And, you know, so now I talk more. Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was, you know, that's one thing that I've definitely learned just from comment watching. Um, I had to talk more and it worked. The more that I talked, the more people seemed to connect with me and the, I think the better I performed and not only do I perform better, but it makes, I think Jared and JD perform better as well when their teammate, so to speak, is operating at a higher level. Um, yes, that's one thing. That's one way I know. Let's see. That's two ways. Let me think. What's, what's another way I know? Um, I guess the, the numbers don't don't hurt, like to see that we're getting good views every week. And even Dose of Los, like I'm getting more views than I'd say I expected on this. Like I didn't, if I had gotten, you know, maybe a thousand per episode, I would have been pretty happy with that. But surprisingly, they're usually hitting a thousand by two or three days after I release them. So, I mean, it lets me know that something's working. So a thousand views would have been a good indicator of satisfaction, essentially what you're saying. Satisfaction, yes. Did you just do that on purpose? You didn't, did you? You did it. I know you did it. We got her. We got her. Yes. 
<laughs> oh, we got you. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> In all seriousness. Um, when I first asked you the question about, mm. you know, what evidence you had, you there was this pause. And you hesitated before mm. talking through the evidence. And you used the word vain. Yeah. As it related to reading the comments. Mm-hmm. What makes you say vain? Mm. Here we go. Talking out the answer <laughs> in here and understand. So it's not really vain, I guess, because in essentially I am researching um, in my head. It's, you know what, I've had a lot of switches from, I guess it's because I'm on the, I was on the outside looking in with YouTube and um, content creating in general. Now that I'm on the inside, it's, I've, it's forced me to rethink things. And as do you in our sessions, um, I'm being forced to rethink that comment right now. So yeah, essentially I, I said vain because, you know, you, you care about what people are saying about you. You're reading the comments, you, you, you give a damn. Um, but you need to give a damn because you're putting out content for people to consume. And if you are just mindlessly putting it out and you're not looking at what's working, what's not working, then you're not going to hit that level of success that you think you can hit. So no, it's not vain. Smart. It is. It's you're just doing your homework really. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of the things that make you, the attributes that you have that make you absolutely able to skyrocket from a dosalos and from an enjoy the podcast perspective. Mm-hmm. What do you believe about yourself that could hinder the success of these platforms? Mm. So that's where I guess the procrastination slash like self-motivation thing comes in. Okay. Um, I have a tendency that I'll kind of rest on my laurels after things get going, okay. right? Like I'll coast. If, if I'm allowed to, I'll get comfortable. Um, and so that's definitely like a, a red flag that I'm aware of. Um, I would definitely say I'm more so aware of it over the last month once we started working together. Um, because it's through our sessions, I have been, have been, I've been asked not necessarily by you, but by myself to challenge myself and to do better. But that is definitely, that's the one that, uh, in the back of my head, I'm like, don't get comfortable. Cause when you get comfortable, like I've actually, I actually wrote down and put on my door on the back of my door. So when my door is closed, I see it, I put, don't get comfortable and uh, pasted it. <clears throat> to the back of my door. Um, I think it was like two or three weeks ago after one of our sessions, I, I did that just to remind myself it was, yeah, it was the rubber band session um, to remind myself, like, you know, just don't get comfortable, like work. Um, so that's the, that is the biggest thing. Like um, getting comfortable and getting stagnant, like not, um, it may not even be so much that I'm too comfortable and that I don't work hard on the podcast, but like once I hit a certain level, I did this with engineering for a little while. I hit a certain level of uh, knowledge and skill and I got stagnant and I just was cool just being in that zone. I didn't challenge myself to learn anything new. Um, and so for a little while I just kind of, you know, plateaued as far as my, you know, engineering skills and uh, career trajectory. So that I would say is, probably even more so than being complacent is just being stagnant and not challenging myself to continue to grow and to continue to make, uh, enjoy better and dose of lows better. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there is, when it comes to, let's go back to those kind of three categories of procrastination since you brought it up, mm-hmm. you know, what causes you to procrastinate when it comes to dose of lows or what causes like in terms of where that belief could come in? Is it fear of being, is it the task being unpleasant? Is it fear of not doing a good job or is it permission giving permission giving permission giving for sure. So 
we understand what stagnant looks like. We understand mm. what stagnant looks like not continuing to grow. Yeah. But maybe elaborate a little bit on that. It's like, what would, what would be happening in order for you to know that I'm stagnant? Hmm. Can you ask me that question again? How will you know if I'm being stagnant? If you're stagnant. Oh man. Considering that one of your considering that permission giving. Mm. So in a sense you can easily convince yourself that you're not stagnant. Yeah. Because you are a person who procrastinates based on permission giving. So you right. can justify Stagnation. Now I'm questioning if stagnation is a word. That mosquito has being been, stagnant. Oh my gosh, that mosquito is not stagnant. I'll tell you <laughs> that much right now. Um, geez, that is a scary thought, Lauren. Because I'm like, fuck, am I being stagnant right now? Like, am I in the midst of stagnancy, and I've just been excusing it this whole time? Hmm. I'd say yes. In some aspects, I have been for sure. Okay. Yeah. Because if I'm being honest with myself, I still haven't uploaded the audio for Dose of Lose onto any of the, or not any, but onto Red Circle, which pushes all my audio across all the other platforms. So, yeah, I'm being stagnant already. Five episodes in. I'm already being stagnant. God damn it. <sighs> okay. Yeah. See what I mean? <laughs> God damn it. Came in here feeling real good about it. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I still feel good about myself. My job. Um, It's my job to make you feel like shit. Make you feel like crap. Um, No. Yeah. So I have been stagnant in some areas. I guess I'm not a macro stagnant person. I'm like a micro stagnant person. Mm -hmm. Like I'll get the like. So like with Dose of Lose, I'm getting the thing done that like what has to get done. Right. The show has to get recorded. But like the little things that <laughs> ah, she's good. <laughs> the little things that would contribute to the growth and the advancement of enjoy the podcast and dose of lows have been falling through the cracks because I've been being stagnant because I've been giving myself permission to be stagnant. What happens mm. when you upload the audio to those platforms what happens i mean more people get access to a dose of lows which helps grow the numbers the engagement just you know more eyes or, or in this case more ears on it and just you know just more eyes on it so to speak you know um it pushes it across more platforms not only that but it's more revenue potentially that comes in so i'm leaving money on the table um, we already have relationships with advertising so the quicker I get that up there, the quicker the podcast grows on the audio sites, the quicker I can tap into the advertising money. So yeah, golly. yeah. Why am I even here right now? I have work to do. <laughs> this is over. <laughs> Man. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's essentially what it is. I, I've been letting those little things that I just talked about that are the things that are going to grow. Enjoy the podcast. Not even so much you know, what I was saying, like that I bring to uh, enjoy or to dose of lows, but the things like the actually tangible things that I could be doing that I have been permission giving and letting myself just kind of fall through the cracks on those things have been, yeah, those are things that all could be helping to grow and advance. Oh man, you're good. She's good. What is the cost of not doing those things? I mean, ultimately, it's. I don't think it would... Do I think Dose of Lose could succeed without me ever putting it on the audio sites? Sure. <laughs> do I add like maybe four or five years onto that timeline or however long? I mean, I'm just slowing it down. I'm essentially... I, I'm ready for an, uh, an analogy or... I'm you've been waiting, I'm waiting for, for the metaphor I, at this point. I hope it's violent. <laughs> my, 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 my metaphors are usually violent. violent. This one's 
Not that violent. What weapon haven't we used yet? We are actually not using a weapon. Okay. I am basically a boat with the anchor deployed, and I'm like, I got my engines on, and I'm trying to go, but you know, I got this anchor just you know holding me back. I'm still I'm still moving forward, but at what half the speed that maybe I could be. So, yeah, I gotta lift the anchors. What is it that I struggle with this question. It's not just as easy as lifting the anchor. Because mm. if it was that easy, you would have done it already. Yeah, right. So what is it that you will do in order to lift the anchor? Hmm. What works for me? Um, you know what? What works for me to help lift the anchor so sweet, I, I need to start doing lists. I need to start doing lists. Okay. I, I do well. I've noticed with my, I'm a very visual person. If I write down the things that I need to do, um, for one, it helps me because I, you know, I have the list of, okay, you have this, this, this. I'm not trying to keep it all up in here because this place is a mess. So I probably shouldn't be trying to like organize the, those things in here when I'm, yeah, I'm not the most organized person in my head. So I need to put the list down, but also I think I need the list because when I see the thing, it's kind of like, it's kind of like laundry sitting in your room that you haven't put away. Although it may not be the best analogy for me because I still have laundry sitting in my room that I haven't put away. So unpleasant task. Go yes, ahead. unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna wear it again, anyways. <laughs> I don't need to put it away. Um, but yeah, so I mean, like if I see it on the board, it's gonna give me satisfaction to take it off the board. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's just sitting on the board, it's maybe not gonna piss me off, but it's gonna annoy me after a while, and it's gonna be embarrassing that I wrote this down three weeks ago and it's still not off the board. So I got to get back to using lists um, because yeah, it's, it's an effective tool for me that I'm just kind of not using for whatever reason. Do you want to play a game with me? I do. All right. <coughs> Let's use the list. <sighs> okay. Uh, I want you to say, I need to start making a list. I need to start making a list. I want you to say, I should start making a list. I should start making a list. I will make a list. Don't jump ahead of my game. <laughs> You're not even at the end. You thought you knew. <laughs> I thought I knew. <laughs> Most I things you're smarter than me. <laughs> okay. I will start making a list. I will start making a list. Now, I would like you to say, I'm excited to make that list. So that, fill in the blanks. I'm excited to make that list so that I can start knocking off these tasks that I know will ultimately benefit me that I've been giving myself permission to avoid. What is the difference between what you just said and what you originally said around, I need to make a list? (laughs) That was permission giving to not make the list. (laughs) Jesus. Going in again. Full story. That was literally me in real time. Giving myself a cop out, basically, not holding myself accountable to do it. Like, yeah, I was just instead of saying I'm going to do it, I'm basically saying oh, I might do it. But no, I'm excited to make the list so I can start knocking these tasks off that I've been giving myself permission to avoid. I'm not going to give myself permission to avoid anymore. Is this a high five moment? This is I, I think this like is the end of the episode <laughs> right there. <laughs> I think we moment. just ended it. Um, yeah, that was uh, so there you go. You just saw basically what Lauren does with me on a weekly basis. Um, she breaks me down a little bit, but then she builds me back up yeah. all through the power of skillfully placed questions. Impressive. Yeah. This wasn't like our first one, though. Like our first one was. Uh, is there something more important than this? No, podcast? that's why I got <laughs> muted. It was on vibrate, <laughs> but even the vibrate was too loud. So we had to. We're actually, no, we're good. We can close it out. We're good? Yeah. Okay, cool. Anyways, um, I lost my train of thought. The first one. The, the first, first one. 
the first, well, you tell me, like, what was the first session like? Um, it was very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable because I didn't quite understand how it worked. Um, also, I had to kind of, I had to be able to put our friendship aside for a moment and be able to just look at you in as the coach. Um, and then that, that wasn't too hard after about 15, 20 minutes when I was like, it, it was like all of a sudden I was like, Oh, wait a second. This is not Lauren, your friend. This is a different Lauren. Like you have to engage accordingly. Yeah. Um, so it was very uncomfortable at first. Um, but by the end of the session, I feel like we had found a groove and I understood what was going on. And by then I was like, it, like it was from complete discomfort to comfort and, um, what's the word um encouragement like excitement for the for the following sessions um and that's how it's been moving forward i not the discomfort but um since then i kind of i look forward to the uncomfortable moments where you ask me a question that i you know i'd breathe in and i'm like oh man here we go like yeah like i look forward to that now cuz i know that's you know discomfort is the the seed for growth. Yes. Um, I know. It's great. It's like, they always say like the magic happens outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And that is the difference between Laura and your friend, Laura and your friends is going to try and make you feel comfortable. I might yeah. call you on your shit a little bit, but yeah. at the end of the day, I'm not on purpose wanting to get you out of your comfort zone, wanting to make you tap into things that you are not comfortable talking about. Yeah. And when I see you get emotional or when I see you start to like, why won't you say words? Like (laughs) (laughs) say words, say words, say more words, fill up the space. But it's leaving that space for you on purpose because I, I know that it's not natural. No. And if it were natural, you wouldn't need me. You'd have this conversation with anybody. Well, you, you forced me to think in those spaces Yeah. by not saying anything. I instinctually, like my instincts go to, oh, what did I say wrong? And then once I get over that initial, well, you didn't say anything wrong. There's not a wrong answer. Then I start to like actually think and process. And it's like, oh, okay, wait a second. Uh, explore this a little bit more. And then the more you start, I start, well, I start to talk, the more the answers come out and yeah. the truth becomes, they're not, maybe not so much the truth, but you know, the, the cause or whatever that I'm searching for in that moment starts to become apparent to me and it comes out. You do awesome. Thank you. You do awesome. I have, I a, I have a pretty a good coach. <laughs> <laughs> you do awesome. Yeah. Well, you do a great job as well. And I am so appreciative for you in general and for especially for tonight. I think this was really good. And I think that a lot of people are going to be able to benefit from this. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. But thank you for having me. Like, thank you for bringing me on to do Absolutely. this live coaching session. I'm so glad you could come. Um, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram on at this is Lauren Elizabeth. Uh, I also have a website, uh, www.maketheshiftcoach.com. Fantastic. Um, which you can also just find through the Instagram. Just go to the Instagram. Go Figure to it the out Instagram. From there. <laughs> this has been a dose of lows, serious show for a serious person. Tell your grandma about me and Lauren. You're so serious. <laughs>